Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in a Weekend Wager here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I am your host, Mark Zeno. Appreciate you guys joining me as you do every single weekend for the NFL slate from a betting perspective. We have hit Week 9 in the NFL, so right at that halfway point of the NFL season as we have 18 weeks and we are at the midway point. A lot left to decide here. I've told you guys forever, September's fool's gold. October is positioning month. November and December of big boy football. This is where the best teams come out to play. And you're also getting to a point in the NFL season where the lines are a little bit tighter, the numbers are a little bit sharper, uh, and everything is much, much closer when it comes to things from a betting perspective. So we've got a lot to get to. Again, hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Use that hashtag Hashtag weekend wager 929 for any questions you have about the show, what games you want to hear me break down, and anything of the like. Again, weekend wager 929 is the hashtag as we get set for week nine. Coming up on the show, we'll have our weekly guest to break down games with us as always. PTSD at the end of the show, parlays, teasers, survivor, and decision, our best bet of the show. We cashed another best bet last week with the Dallas Cowboys, so we'll look to try and find another winner this week as well. But let's get Week 9 started here on Weekend Wager, as we always do, with the Power 5. Okay, here we go. Five biggest games in the NFL in Week 9. You know, what's interesting, guys, is that, like, this week is feast or famine as far as the contests are concerned. There are, like, what I think are five really good games, really interesting games, and then I think there are five, like, kind of stinkers. So let's get it going. First game, the early, early, early game Sunday morning. Because they in Frankfurt, Germany, Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, pair of six and two teams, top of the AFC. Right now, KC down to a one and a half point favorite. Uh, this number was bought down from two and a half earlier in the week, and a total of 50 and a half, highest total of the week. Look, we can focus on the two offenses all you want in this game, and I, I think you're justified in doing so. But the fact of the matter is, is that this game is only about one thing and one thing only. The Miami offense versus the KC defense. In case you haven't noticed, Kansas City's defense is really good. They're giving up less than 200 passing yards per game. They're stout against the run. They can get after the quarterback. I mean, this is just flat out a team where uh, they know how to play better defensive ball than they do offensive ball at this point in the season. As crazy as that sounds to say, it just is. I trust the KC defense more than I trust the Kansas City offense. And the numbers bear that out, so to speak. Now, the Chiefs come into this game after being beaten Denver 24-9 last week, and I kind of wish... I kind of absolutely wish they had won that game 20. I wish they spanked the Denver Broncos because that would have set up a much better situation from a line perspective. Kansas City probably would have been a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I would have loved to have jumped all over the Dolphins. 
We see some early money coming in on the Dolphins, as I just mentioned. Their offense is everything, but guess what? Their defense stinks. It's not good. And here's the problem for the Miami Dolphins. Both times this year, they had a real step up in class, and I'm not talking about the New England Patriots. Both times this year, they've had a step up in class. They've been beat pretty resoundingly. They go to Buffalo, lose 48-20. to They go to Philadelphia, lose 31-17. to Now they go to Germany, and theoretically a road game, I guess. Uh, it would be much better for KC if they were in KC. But they go to Germany now to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess a very short number. I'm not sure here that there's any reason to back the Dolphins. Like, Miami is there, and they're a good team, and they're a competitive team. But do you really want to trust them to step up in class a third time and overcome it? I don't see it. I don't. If this game was in Miami, we're having a different conversation. If they have the friendly confines of Hard Rock Stadium, uh, this would be a different conversation. I just, I have a hard time believing that Miami's defense is going to have a resounding amount of success against a very good Kansas City defense. Hey, Buffalo had a good defense when they played him. Philadelphia has a good defense when they played him. Go even check New England. They didn't even really go crazy against New England. Um in the two games they played against them. And New England's defense is pretty mediocre, but trending towards better, especially when they were healthy beginning of the year. Kansas City's defense is going to get enough stops here. They are. The problem is is that Miami might not get any stops against Kansas City. Miami has to play this game with a lead. They can't trail from behind and be forced to chase. Um, Yeah, I I mean, short enough number here. I, I keep telling you guys every single week, I hate laying big numbers with the Chiefs. I don't like laying more than a touchdown with the Chiefs. The Chiefs shouldn't be a touchdown favorite over anybody right now. Don't take the Chiefs with big numbers. Guess what? Under a field goal, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City. I'm absolutely going to take Kansas City in this game. All right, next up, got to head to Baltimore as the Baltimore Ravens are taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Ravens, a five-and-a-half-point favorite with a total sitting at 42-and-a-half. Now, you look at this game across the board. Um... The Ravens' defense, statistically, is one of the best in the league. And believe it or not, they're having one of their franchise best defensive starts. This is the same team that had the 2,000 Ravens that were, like, as good as the 85 Bears. And they are, statistically, having one of the best franchise starts ever in team history defensively. They're really good. Both of these teams can stop the run. Both of these teams are average to above average through the air. The Ravens have a clear edge in rushing the football over Seattle. The biggest issue here is that, you know, the Ravens don't want to throw the ball. And I think they should in this game. Like, they should try and take advantage of a bad Seattle pass defense that gives up 260 yards per game. Will they do that? I don't know. But the Ravens' pass game has been really, really inconsistent. Uh, Their receivers haven't helped them. They're eighth in the NFL in drops this year. So, you know, Seattle's also done a good job at defending tight ends. Mark Andrews is a beast, obviously, but... The Seahawks are top 10 in the league and fewest targets to tight ends allowed, and they've allowed just one receiving touchdown to a tight end all year long. Um, If the Ravens stick with the run like I think they will, they are going to control the pace, but that means the game's also going to be closer. And although I think Seattle's a little bit of a fraud, they've had some scheduling, you know, luck as of late. I mean, they've played Carolina, the Giants, Arizona, and Cleveland with P.J. Walker in four out of the last five weeks. And the one week in there, they played a real team in the Bengals in Cincinnati. They lost. So, and you can tell by this total here, it's expected to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think the Ravens win this one, but I don't want to lay five and a half. It's a dead number. Games don't ever land on five. Uh, Six sometimes, but it's a dead number here with a low total. 
I probably lean Seattle in this spot. Not a real good feel for the game. I mean, it's not going to shock me if the Ravens win this thing by two touchdowns because they're good enough to do so. But if they don't, you know, I think this game is going to be tight throughout. And as good as the Ravens are at home, I don't know if I want to lay this kind of number with them given the style of game that they play. Game number three. Oh, the big one in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Eagles, best record in the NFL, 7-1. Cowboys, 5-2. Philly laying three in a total of 46. Can I just say this at the outset before I get into the analysis? Cowboys are winning this game. They just are. I, I still think Philadelphia has a lot to prove. Despite the fact that they are where they are, look, I mean, when you look at this team, Philadelphia, they, to me, don't scream dominant despite their 7-1 and record, right? They played a very close game against New England. They only beat Minnesota because Minnesota turned the ball over four times. They almost lost to Washington in week four, uh, an overtime game. Washington hung with them and had a lead for three quarters in that game last week. They lose to the Jets. They didn't exactly dominate. Well, they did dominate Miami, but the only game they really won by margin was Tampa Bay. So when they're going to step up in class against a team like Dallas, which, again, is the best opponent they've faced all year long on both sides of the ball, the Jets great defensively, not good offensively. Minnesota good offensively, not great defensively. Miami great offensively, not good defensively. This is the most complete team that they're going to face. The Eagles are still a little bit fraudulent's not the right word. They're, They're just not proven the way they were last year. Like, this is a team right now that I still think has to get over the hump to really prove themselves. Dallas had an amazing game out of the bye. That was our best bet last week. They absolutely destroyed the Rams and never looked back. Um, these two know each other really well. It's going to be a close game here. I'll take the points. You may want to wait. See if this thing gets to three and a half. But the danger is if it gets to two and a half and Philly wins this thing by a field goal, you're going to be kicking yourself. I like the Cowboys either way. I'd sprinkle a little bit on the money line with Dallas as well because I think they are the right side here. Um, their run game, their pass game. The big thing the Eagles have is that they can stop the run. They only give up 65 yards a game on the ground. So Dallas is going to have to find some way to uh, to run the ball with consistency. And the Eagles are going to have to try to find some way to be able to pass the ball against one of the best pass defenses in the league. And let's see how well the Eagles offensive line holds up against the Cowboys in this one. All right, game number four of our Power Five here. And we got to go towards the tail end of the week. Sunday night football between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Yeah, um, look, this is the game that we wanted to see last year, and we know what happened with DeMar Hamlin. We know how that whole thing turned out, and obviously they never played the game, and they never finished the game, and whatever. Now we are in a situation here where these two teams um, – are both sort of vying to get right. You know, the Bills just haven't looked great since their win over Miami. They lose to Jacksonville, struggle with the Giants, lose to New England, and then a game that they should have won by a lot more than they did against Tampa Bay. The, the optics probably look a little bit better, but they, they pretty much own that game for three and a half quarters. Um, the Bengals have struggled all over the place. Uh, they got beat up by Tennessee. I mean, they cream Arizona, but they struggle with Seattle at home. Uh, And then they get a huge win last week on the road against San Fran, but they had a bye in between. So they should come out that way. Buffalo, the formula is very simple. If they just let Josh Allen play schoolyard football, they're so much of a better team. 
I don't know why they have the shackles on him. Just let him run around. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him make things happen. And outside of that, too, Buffalo is banged up, man. The injuries for this team is mounted. It's unreal how much bad injury luck that they have. But would it surprise you to see both of these teams throw the ball all over the place? By the way, total of 49.5 and Cincinnati favored by 1.5 here. Forgot to mention that at the beginning. Two of the best receivers in the league in Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs. Two of the best throwers of the football, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. You got James Cook, Joe Mixon. I mean, there's, there's talent on offensive sides of the ball all over the place. And both of these defenses are a little suspect, especially uh, the Bengals, rather. Giving up 390 yards per game. That should be a field day for the Buffalo Bills. An absolute field day. I think this thing goes over. Uh, I think there's a lot of scoring. And I think that these two teams live up to the billing of what you want on Sunday Night Football in a great game. This is a game where you look at a lot of player props. I think things go over in several different ways here on Sunday night. And uh, coin flip kind of game. My heart wants to take Buffalo. You guys know I'm high on Buffalo. How did the Bills perform on the road? It hasn't looked pretty. Uh, They lose to the Jets. They lost in London to Jacksonville, and they lost to New England. So home field advantage, definitely a thing for Buffalo. Point flip game, guys. I, I mean, I got to tell you, I just lean the over more than anything. My heart will be rooting for Buffalo, but uh, my head says take Cincinnati against the short number. All right, last game of our Power Five. Uh, and you got to go to Monday night, guys. This is going to be an interesting one at MetLife Stadium in New York as the Los Angeles Chargers head to take on the New York Jets. Uh, Chargers 3-4, and four, Jets 4-3. Four and three. Yeah. How's that sound for you? Chargers beat up on the Bears last week, and the Jets beat the Giants in overtime. What a disgusting game that was. By the way, Chargers laying three on the road with a total of 40 and a half. I mean, off the bat here, guys, when do you ever want to lay three points on the road with the Los Angeles Chargers and Brandon Staley, who's an awful head coach? Just never want to do it. Chargers games are always three or four. They always seem to be decided by three or four. Again, they have the occasional blowout here and there, but... They lose to Dallas by three. They beat Minnesota by four. They only beat the, the Raiders by seven. Like, games with them are always close. In fact, it was a seven-point game against Kansas City until a late touchdown made it a 14-point game. So, these games are going to be close. I kind of like the Jets here as a home dog. Um, you know, I don't know which way this is going to go from a public standpoint. Obviously, you're going to have to wait until Monday to see where this line moves. It's kind of been pasted on three. But if it gets to three and a half, automatic buy spot for me on the New York Jets just because of their defense alone. Believe it or not, guys, don't look down. Jets have won three straight. Should have won four because they should have beat Kansas City. Could have won five. They could have easily beat New England. The problem is their quarterback is inconsistent as hell. Zach Wilson's had a bunch of struggles here. Um, You know, again, I'm not surprised to see the Jets at four and three, even with Zach Wilson, um, because their defense is always going to keep them in games. But then again, in reality, you know, other than toppling Philadelphia, you know, I, I would I would say beating Buffalo wasn't too much of a shock. They did it once last year. Losing to New England was a bad loss. But, you know, beating Denver and beating the Giants shouldn't surprise anybody. So this team is right where I thought they would be at this point in time. That said, you know, if Zach Wilson can have some measure of a decent game, guess what? The Jets are going to win this thing. It really boils down to how well he plays on a day-in, day-out basis, game-in, game-out basis. Chargers can stop the run, so the Jets are going to have to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. Why? Because the Chargers have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. I think it's the worst pass defense in the league. So they have to figure out a way 
to get the ball to their receivers and let them make plays. Garrett Wilson has got to be a big part of this game. And whether it's Brees Hall getting passes out of the backfield or Dalvin Cook or whatever it may be, they've got to figure out a way to get the passing game going and force the Chargers to drop back so they can start to run the ball and get out of the box. I mean, that's the Jets' best formula for success here. And if they do that, then they've got a great chance to win this game. What the Jets can't do is fall behind. Because Zach Wilson in a negative game script is an absolutely terrible formula for success for the New York Jets. They have got to figure out a way to play with a lead in this game. Whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown, it's a 7-3 game, they've just got to give him the ability to be able to throw the ball away and live for another down and put his defense back on the field. right? But if they're chasing, if they're stuck from behind, it is absolutely a uh, uh, very much a, a bad situation. And oh, by the way, the Chargers are kind of like in a must-win spot here because by the time they tip this, they kick this thing off on Monday night, the Kansas City Chiefs could be 3-3. Three and three. And if the Chargers get back to 4-4 four and four and win this game, they, they, they might have a legitimate shot at some point in time to, you know, uh, catch the Chiefs from behind. But they're going to need some help. And help may come in the form of the Miami Dolphins beating the Kansas City Chiefs. So a lot on the line here for the Los Angeles Chargers. And that will do it for our Power 5 here this week in the NFL. All right, uh, we've got a lot to get to. Of course, we'll break down the Falcons game, starting two quarterbacks I never thought would be starting at this point in time for this game when the season opened up. We will get to that. Of course, we'll have our guests on this week to uh, to break down his three picks and uh, best bet for the week. And don't forget, Parley's teaser survivor decision. Best bet coming up all before the end of the show. It's Weekend Wager here on Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com and the Odyssey app. Don't go nowhere. Back with more right here on The Game. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 thegamecom and the Odyssey app. Hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. Of course, use that hashtag Weekend Wager 929. Appreciate you guys joining me as you do every single week. Uh, it's a can't believe we're at week nine of the NFL season. It has come by so darn fast, and we are. Uh, at the halfway point of the NFL season. And got, even on a side note, guys, college, like, can you believe it's how quickly it's gone, how much they've absolutely just this season has flown by uh, from a standpoint of where we are? Just, you know, sometimes you look up and, oh, my God, the calendar's gone. So, anyway, um, speaking of the calendar being gone, uh, Falcons at 4-4 four and four and the Vikings at 4-4 four and four in a very interesting spot here for both teams. Uh, and if you were to put a gun to my head and ask me six months ago who the starters for this game were, were going to be, and uh, there was odds put on the fact that it was Jalen Hall and Taylor Heineke, I would have told you you're freaking crazy. Um, just no way to figure out exactly what these two quarterbacks really are. Uh, look, can I just say this much for the Falcons fans out there? All of you have been clamoring for Taylor Heineke. Now that you've finally got what you want, I'll tell you, be careful what you wish for. There's a reason why Taylor Heineke is not a starter in this league. And whatever you see on Sunday, guess what? It's not going to be reality. What we know of Taylor Heineke over the course of his career is what he is. A very mediocre quarterback. That's it. And if Desmond Ritter is also a very mediocre quarterback... How in the world could you look at any of this as an upgrade? I don't want to get into the whole Falcon situation because that's not what we do here on this show. But I'm just telling you guys, as somebody who's covered this team for nearly the last 10 years and, and has, has covered the NFL for a really long time, 
if you think Taylor Heineke is the guy, I feel sorry for you. And that's not a knock on Taylor Heineke per se, but I know what I've seen from Taylor Heineke. And unless there is some divergent Taylor Heineke that we've never seen before that has all of a sudden showed up in a Falcons uniform, I know what this looks like over the course of a four, six, 10-game sample size over a 25-game sample size because that's what I've seen him play as a starter. It's not good. So, and I'm not even advocating for Ritter. What I'm advocating for is you go find a damn quarterback that's actually worth a damn. Like, that's what I'm advocating for for the Falcons. But that's not really the point here. I say all this to say that there's not an upgrade. You have to look at this game from a betting perspective from the other side. The look-ahead line on this game was Vikings minus two and a half. So when the season started, they put, you know, look-ahead lines out for every single game. And the Vikings were a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. When it was announced that Kirk Cousins was out, uh, that line immediately went to Falcons minus four-and-a-half. So it's a six-point swing. Kirk Cousins is worth six points in this league. That seems about right by my calculations. I I think that number is fair. Now this line is up to five-and-a-half. And you're looking at a very, very low total of 37. Off the bat, I'll tell you, you absolutely cannot. I cannot bet the Falcons in this spot. I absolutely cannot and will not bet the Falcons in this spot, period. Not laying five and a half of the Falcons. They don't separate from anybody. I've told you this repeatedly. And if there is no upgrade from Taylor Heineke to Desmond Ritter, and at least in odds makers' eyes, there is not, then guess what? Can't bet the Falcons here. You just can't. It's not a place where you can lay, as I mentioned earlier, last second, about five and a half being a dead number. Cannot lay a dead number with the Falcons. Just can't do it. Now, I have no idea what the Vikings offense is going Some to be. Some people just... I have no idea what, you know, uh, you're going to get out of this offense. Um, is Alexander Madison going to run the ball more? Again, remember, no Justin Jefferson here. Uh, th- these are two banged-up teams coming in. No Kirk Cousins, no Justin Jefferson, no Desmond Ritter, no Grady Jarrett. Like, you know, um, th- there are just injuries all over the place. And I know Desmond Ritter's not injured, but you get the point. So, hard to figure out exactly what you can expect from either one of these teams here and why the total is so low. What I would tell you is the same thing I would tell you repeatedly what I've done with the Falcons every single time. But the problem is is you're not going to get a favorable number here uh, in a first-half spread. What did I tell you about Falcons' first-half unders? They've been money. All season long. Why? Because the Falcons can't score in the first half. But when you look at the total points in the first half here, it's 19 and a half. That's a bad number. Right? Because 10 to 10 makes you a loser. If it's 20 and a half, 10 to 10 makes you a winner. At 21 and a half, you, they would have to get to 24 most likely. Because why would it ever end on 22? You know, without something quirky happening. So I don't love that number at 19 and a half. Is it probably still a 10-7 game at half or, or a 7-3 game or, or, a, or a 10-6 game? Yeah, that, that, those, those are all viable options. And I think they're most, li- most likely very good ones. And here's the thing, too, about the Falcons. Their red zone issues are still problematic, really problematic. So, you know, uh, that's the only play I can really endorse. I, I, I just There's nothing about this game that I want to touch. There's too many variables, too many things and, and variants that I can't eliminate in this game, uh, it's not worth a bet, in my opinion. You know, just watch it and hope the Falcons win if you're a Falcons fan. That's it. But, you know, if the Vikings are going with Jaron Hall, a rookie, tells you what they think of him. That's for sure. It's a good Falcons defense. 
if they can get to him and rattle him, they got a shot. But I don't know that without something quirky happening on defense that I really trust him. Okay, let's get to our guest. And joining us once again from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, you hear him on the BetQL Network, good contributor to the show, and he's one of the best handicappers I know. Jeremy Kahn joins us here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio 99 The Game. Jay Kahn, how are we doing, brother? What's up, man? I've been on a bit of a heater. NFL oh, hasn't good. been as kind to me as the other sports, but things have been good. Well, I'm just glad baseball is over. God, what a miserable yeah. sport to bet. Unreal. <laughs> I've never been so happy to see a baseball season end of my life. Well, I actually had a ton of success in the postseason. Yeah, well, good so for you. I was <laughs> yeah, be be happy for me. I'm happy not for your you. Wallet. That's what it is. I'm happy for you. My bank account <laughs> sucks. All yeah. right, let's get back to the NFL, something we both know fairly well. Uh, your three games and a best bet coming up here. Let's start uh, with the New England Patriots, who are hosting the Washington Commanders. So it looks like we got a three-point spread, total of 40 and a half here. Now, my initial reaction feels like if this thing gets a three and a half, I want to take the Commanders, but how do you see it? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Pats here. Um, I like them. You know, you, you look at them at home. Uh, it makes you wonder what Washington is going to look like after you know trading away some bookend uh, pass rushers, and you know I, I I do think the Patriots defense has been playing some pretty good football outside of last week against Miami, but I think sometimes you can look at playing Miami and go, okay, I'm just going to tip my cap to them. They're really fast, they're really good, and and by the way, it was a touchdown game for most of the yes. game going back and forth. Um, so I think the Patriots are in a really good spot here to pull one off at home. Um, it's not like I'm a big believer in their offense and what they're doing, uh, but I do think like this Washington team who has been playing better as of late, or at least it's so funny. I talked to a Commanders fan. They were like, every time we play an inferior opponent, and there's not many in the league, we lose to them. Yep. And when we play the better teams, we play up to up the snuff. And sometimes we upset them. Sometimes we take them to the wire. But I do think the Pats are in a good spot at home here. Um, and I think they'll be able to run the football. I'm not worried about the pass rush as much. So I think they can get it done, especially at a field goal. Well, and again, too, the commander's offensive line is just an abomination. Uh, they can't yeah. protect the quarterback at all, and that may be something that the well, the Patriots will hinge on. Did you hear? There was I talked to somebody in D.C. They were saying that Sam Howell was intentionally taking um, intentional groundings to avoid that sack number. <laughs> so, oh, really? I, yeah, and again, I don't know if that's true or not, but it is funny to think about. Like, you're going to intentionally ground the ball so you don't get sacked and it doesn't mess up the numbers. Yeah, uh, that is interesting to say the least. A second game uh, right here in Atlanta with the Falcons and the Vikings. A lot of variables, a lot of question marks in this game here, Jeremy. Two new quarterbacks starting, uh, a whole bunch of injuries all around. So, uh, what do you see going on here? I, like I, for me, I just you know I break this game down at the top of the segment as I do every week. But you know, I, I just this game's not going to get my money. The only thing I would look at honestly is a first half under because I think okay. that it's going to take both of these teams a little while to get going and figure out what the hell they're supposed to do on offense. I don't think Taylor Heineke is a significant upgrade from Desmond Ritter at all. And uh, although the output may look different, I just, from a purely quarterback standpoint, I don't think he's a significant upgrade, but this game won't get my money. Yeah. I got to say, I did like the uh, play call from Arthur Smith. That was, I'll have my number two tight end throw to my number three tight end. while the guy that we drafted in the top five is blocking downfield. So uh, some interesting Shh, stuff there, man. Don't say that but, uh, <laughs> around here. That people get very upset. Yeah. Very, look, I'll, 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 I'll just to not playing revision in history. I said yeah. before the draft, I would never, ever have condoned taking Kyle Pitts fourth overall. You don't take yeah. tight ends. Don't change teams, period, period. Yeah. And if you do, guess what? You can find him in the second round, a la Rob Gronkowski. So you don't ever take a tight end fourth. Well, and, and just in this spot, too, uh, talking about it. So I, I watched a lot. I was all over the Packers last week, which makes me sick to my stomach. So and as soon as, yeah, as soon as I opened up the uh, when the lines came out this week, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be on the Packers again. 
Um, but I watched that entire Vikings Packers game. So the one thing the Vikings do that's really interesting um, is they they confuse the the offense uh, by you know the the different blitz schemes that they have. You really have to pay attention to where Harrison Smith is on the field. They send it from all different angles. They're they're comfortable. I mean, you got to look at what they've been doing um, this year now. Offensively, they looked horrendous after Kirk Cousins went out. So I don't know what it's going to look like from a quarterback situation this week. Uh, if if they realize they don't have enough and then they go to Josh Dobbs, who might not be ready or whatever. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. I know they said Hall was going to start, but he just looked dreadful in those couple series that he played. Uh, I like Atlanta here to run the football well. Uh, you know, it's what they want to do get after it and get the hell out of Dodge with a W. Um, I don't like the fact that the hook is there, but. I didn't like what I saw from Minnesota in the fourth quarter. Granted, they were just trying to run out the clock, but I'm a little worried that quarterback play is going to be super wanting. And Minnesota has not had a rushing touchdown all season long. Is that good? Um, going into going into that pack, is that good? <laughs> is that going into that pack game? High score, is that good? Yeah. Um, yeah, but no. So, like, you really have to just worry about them throwing the ball, and I'm not worried about that quarterback. So, yes. or no matter who it is. I mean, the, the Vikings' odds went – they didn't change at all when they traded for Josh Dobbs, so I hope they realize that. Um yeah, I, I just don't I, like when I look at Minnesota, I, I, I don't know where the value is with them uh, going on the road after just watching what I saw. I, I think the Falcons are in a good spot. Again, three and a half. Don't like the hook, but it is what it is. I'll take the Falcons. Well, again, and that, that number has been rising. That's my problem. Like mm-hmm. the Falcons, you know, I, I'm looking over at FanDuel right now. I see a four and a half. Um you know, at, at one point it was at five and a half, I think, yesterday. And, uh, you know, there's been some buyback, obviously, on the Vikings. I just have a hard time trusting the Falcons as a favorite, right? Like, as an underdog, I'm much more apt to take them. They don't win games by margin. They always yeah. win them by a field goal. So I get why you're a little bit hesitant. And despite the fact that it is Jedden, young Jedden starting for uh, for Minnesota, I, I, again, it's just too much too, too much variance for me in this one. But I give you extra extra credit. I'll be pulling for you, buddy, because obviously we're pulling for the Falcons here well, in Atlanta. And, and, like, I don't know how you feel. I think this week is extremely difficult. Yes. I found myself looking at it and being, even though, um, you know, in the plays here, I'm giving out two favorites, I found myself liking more dogs. And when I say liking, it means more of a lean than actually just saying, hey, yeah. this is a great spot. Um, so the line movement's been, it's been drunk in the NFL this year. So <laughs> seeing it go one way and then come back the other, you're like, what's going on with this? There's been some really weird line movement um, in the NFL. So I, I, I do think this is an extremely tough week, though. All right, one more here for Jeremy Kahn of 105.7 The Fan. Beck QL Network here and there every week. Again, uh, joining us here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Uh, your final game, Bills and Bengals, the Sunday night special here. Uh, the game that obviously we all remember from last year and the events that happened there. They're finally going to get a chance to play this one. So I am – my heart is always with Buffalo. It's like I, I basically yeah. gave up the Giants and want the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl now. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I love I love Josh – Josh Allen, and I wish they would just let him play some more backyard football instead of try to keep the handcuffs on him. But where are you? Where are you going in this game? Well, Mark, you got to be loving the Tommy DeVito now, right? You got I, Tommy DeVito. I know. I know. Any relation to Mona Lisa Vito? Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think so, but uh, nonetheless, dear Lord, yeah. But God, if I no, never look, see Tommy DeVito play football again, I mean, he was terrible at Illinois, and uh, he's not better <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> I gotta love his chain. Um, yeah. All right, I like the Bills on Sunday Night Good. Football, and again, you've got you've got a lot of things to look at here. You got the revenge spot. Um, I still go back to that playoff game. It was the footing, and then play, try because they play this little matchup zone that really confuses teams. And the guys, but when when uh, Joe Burrow in the playoff game was pump faking them, the guys couldn't move. They, it was almost like their their footing was terrible before they changed their defense. Now the weather should be better. 
Um, Joe Burrow looked better last week, and the line movement's been a little drunk as well. You know, you're looking at some sharp money coming in on the Bills. I think the Bills are the right spot. Um, when we look at the 49ers, they lost three games in a row. They haven't been the same since Trent Williams went down. So now we look at this uh, Cincinnati team coming back home for some home cooking. I think the Bills get it done, and they win on Sunday night. It's my favorite play of the week. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, my heart says Bills. My head leans Bills as well. But, you know, um, is this a team? Is this a game where you'd want to tease the, the, the Bills up to 7.5? Does that feel like it's... You it know, feels like it's a smarter play if you find the other one that you like with six, and there seems like to be a good oh, spot. Oh, there's plenty like, of options out there this weekend. Yeah, like, like the Saints playing the Bears. I mean, the Bears coming off of – the Bears have the potential to go out and just get annihilated, but it's the Saints, so that's why it gives you pause at times because you don't know what to expect from, expect from from offensively, even though they're playing a Bears team that's coming off of you know a Sunday night game where they got spanked, going on the road now, back-to-back road games with Tyson Badgett. Um I, that's one of those games too, where it looks like it'd be perfect to tease down to that two and a half. Cause I, I think the saints are the, um, the survivor pool play this week. Yeah. You know, and, and I always do the, that coming up next segment, see teasers and survivors. I call it PTSD parlays, teasers, survivor and decision, best bet. So, um, I like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, since I have it, I mean, I may as well yeah. use it to my advantage, um, <laughs> yeah. which makes me a little bit loopy, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that coming up here. Um, just a couple of the games of note, where are you going? Cowboys Eagles. I think I'm on the Cowboys this yes, week, uh, plus there the we points. Go. That's why I'm on, I'm on the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, like, look at look, if you look at the Eagles. Like, we had a, a big discussion today, or um, uh, with some friends about like who the best team in the NFL is, and I'm going, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know. And and if I give you somebody today, and I tell you I think this is the best team, like it's literally changed the past four weeks. And the Eagles have been playing down to the level of their opponent a lot. So yep. um, this is one where the Cowboys know if they're able to get this game. It can definitely change their future and, and how they're looking at this season. Um, because right now, when you look at the Eagles and what they've been doing, you're probably saying, hey, we're playing for whatever wild card game we're going to get. Um, but I think if they can pull this off and, and they'll keep it close, I believe, with the three points, um, I, I think the Cowboys can win this game. Where are you going, Miami, uh, KC? Yeah, man, the line movement there, too. It looked like everybody was coming on Miami. I, I think I, I thought I was going to be on KC, and the more and more I look at it, I can't bet the over, even though I think I understand Ooh. why everybody's going to go there. Suckers. Um, yeah, I mean that's what I. That's kind of how I feel. Be, you know, these games overseas, we've had the the shootouts, but a lot of them have been like twenty three thirteen. Well, you know, to like your point. Moving. So you know how I played that one. Uh, and again, my numbers made that total around forty eight and a half, forty nine. So I think we're getting a little bit of value here. Um, you know, and my guess is is the public will bet that up to past fifty one. The key number fifty one, as far as totals is concerned. But um, all these Europe games, the London games. They all start slow in the first half. Between mm-hmm. the travel, teams getting adjusted, new environment, new surroundings, it's just different. I took the first half under 24 and a half. I actually like that. I like that a lot. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny because I'm not a big first half, second half player. I do play them. But when you hear some of the spots, I think it's right. Uh, you know, and it, it's also the time change, too. You're playing at yeah. a totally different time. And right. you, you talked about it, that travel of what it's doing to and you. Mahomes, you don't realize Mahomes it. with the so flu? Like, who, who wants to fly overseas with the freaking flu? Yeah, the, the whole, whole store, store got, got the, the flu. flu. <laughs> See, I knew exactly you were going to go there if anybody didn't get on my cousin Vinny reference. But, you know, yeah. look, Miami, Miami, every time they stepped up in class against a defense like Buffalo and Philadelphia, they haven't scored, right? Mm-hmm. And Kansas City's offense is not all that. It's just not. Yeah. Like, so, you know, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey aside, did you, you know, and Mahomes, do you realize, you know how many turnovers the Chiefs have this year off the top of your head? I don't know off the top 16. of my head. 16. It's third highest in the NFL. Like, if I would have told you we're nine weeks into the season and the Chiefs have the third most turnovers in the NFL, you would have told me I was crazy. 
So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't think it's a good spot at all for either one of these teams, to be honest with you. I think the low-scoring first half is, is, well, is my play. This has been one of the biggest misnomers about Pat Mahomes, though, because, like, you know, he, he is the best quarterback in football. I'm not slighting him in any way. Um, but, you know, was it two or three years ago he had the most dropped interceptions in the league? He takes – I mean, he is a gunslinger. He has that mentality. Yeah. He will chuck the ball up and give you opportunities. But for every one you get, he's going to make three plays. That's what makes him special. But, um, yeah, I mean, he does have the tendency to turn the ball over, and it looks like they're not excited about the weapons they have outside of Travis Kelsey. No. you got to wonder, though, is, is Taylor Swift's biological clock ticking? Oh, maybe, maybe Travis tick, is tick, doing tick. Two, two jobs at once. <laughs> ticking like this. Jeremy Kahn, hear him on 105.7 The Fan of Baltimore. Catch him on the BetQL Network on Odyssey and Odyssey.com as well. Appreciate the time as always, brother. Thank you. Anytime, man. All right, we'll wrap things up next. PTSD, Parlays, Teaser, Survivor Decision, Best Bet right here on Weekend Wager. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Weekend Wager, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. I'm your host, Mark Zinno. Find me on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Use that hashtag, Weekend Wager. 929, as always, I tell you guys every week, if you'd like to hear about a specific game, want me to break it down for you, tell you what I think, use the hashtag, Weekend Wager, 929 on Twitter, and I will be sure to address it throughout the week or when we do the show on the weekend. So just let me know what your guys' thoughts are. All right, time for PTSD, Parlay's Teaser Survivor Decision, a.k.a. Best Bet for the show. Hit our best bet last week. So we are now, what, 5-3 and three on the year in best bets? So uh, try to keep it going here as we head to week nine of the NFL. But all right, let's get through the parlays because, again, this is a week right now that uh, is shaping up to be one that's going to be tough to find any real value uh, in Moneyline parlays. You know, um, <sighs> The first one I'd put at the top of the list, honestly, is the Ravens. They're a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite. But, you know, looking now, I see them at minus 260. And I'm seeing a situation where uh, there's not a lot of really other great options. I mean, Cleveland is priced way too high as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the Saints are priced too high uh, also as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. So you got to look to one of these other field goal games, really, that may help decide – what you're going to do uh, and see where you can get it. Again, uh, you know, the Falcons might not be a bad one. If you take the Falcons and the Ravens at minus 260 and minus 200, I'm sorry, minus 200 and minus 260, respectively, Falcons are minus 200, you do get plus 107. So that's favorable. You're getting a little bit better than even money on the Ravens and Falcons just to win their games at home. Um, I like the Ravens this week. I think they're going to win, but I don't think they're going to cover. And that number was trending towards six, so... Um, I would lean on the Ravens uh, to cover in the Falcons. I, I think you can find some other value here with some of these other teams. Uh, I think the Texans are winning this weekend at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're minus three. Uh, I, I think they're a decent spot. And then you have to look at some of these other teams that you really just, God, I mean, it, it, nothing really feels good. I mean, look, if you believe the Chiefs are going to win, and you take the Texans and the Chiefs at minus 120, you get plus 208. So you get better than two to one. I mean, you know, obviously the risk is there as these games are closer, but if you have this great feeling that after the Chiefs lose, they're going to come back and win, which Andy Reid has been good at throughout his entire career, then maybe that's the way you go. You take the Chiefs because they're only minus 120. You know, um, I I guess the Patriots, if you think they're going to beat the Commanders, wouldn't be a bad option. Um, And, and God, I don't want to touch Indianapolis, Carolina. I I mean, Giants and Raiders, I don't think that's a great game either. I don't think the Raiders Raiders are good enough to actually win that game. Um, you know, look, I would tell you Eagles and Cowboys are a coin flip, and I don't know that the spread is going to matter, right? I think if the Cowboys win, they're winning outright. 
If the Eagles win, they're probably covering that three. So if you wanted to take the Cowboys and the Patriots, you get almost three to one. You get plus 290. So the Patriots minus 174, Cowboys plus 148 is plus 290. I mean, even if you take the Patriots out, let's say you go back to uh, a team like the Falcons, you're getting plus 272, take out the Falcons. Let's go back to a team like the Texans. Boy, you get better than three to one, plus 317 for the Cowboys and Texans both to win outright. The all-Texas money line parlay, there you go. They do everything bigger in Texas. So, you know, not exactly the best option week for money line parlays given where we are and what the numbers are. But, again, uh, I would still probably go Falcons and Ravens and get you even money. I think that's kind of the best value you're going to get there on on a money line parlay. Okay, let's get to teasers. And there are some good teaser options you heard about. Miami going up to 7.5 feels like one that you could use. Um, the Saints down to 8.5. Uh, is certainly one. The the Browns down from eight and a half. Uh, sorry, the Saints from eight and a half to two and a half. The Browns from eight and a half to two and a half. You know, Saints and Browns to me feels like probably one of the better options, and at least you're maximizing that value of moving the six points as you're clearing the key number of seven and three. Again, a lot of pros will tell you you have to clear two key numbers for the tees to be worth it, and you're also looking at two games right there with low totals, and that's the other part of teasers that you want to do. Lower totals means less scoring, means less variance. So. 41 for the Saints and Bears, 37.5 for the Cardinals and Browns. You get those low total. The problem with the Dolphins, again, is that's expected to be a higher-scoring game, even though I said I don't think it's going to be. Um, you create more variance when there's more points scored. So maybe the Dolphins is one that you want to leave out of it uh, if that's the case. Uh, I, I think it's worth it. I think the Bills on Sunday night, as we talked about, even though that's a higher-scoring game, I, just, I, I think the Bills are a better team than Cincinnati. And the idea that Cincinnati would win by two scores with the Bills at 7.5 to me seems a little... Far-fetched. There are some people out there, uh, and I listen, I never tell anybody what to do with their money. If you feel comfortable with the bet, you go ahead and do what you want to do. With a lot of these spreads that are sitting at three, whether it's the Rams plus three, the Buccaneers plus three, the Commanders plus three, the Cowboys plus three, um, you see all these three-point spreads out there. Moving off of three and up to nine, I don't think is the worst thing in the world, and I'll give you two reasons why. One, you take the push out of play by getting off three. Two, you clear seven and eight. Now, eight has started to become a more popular total that gets landed on. Why? Because of the two-point conversion. That and missed extra points have created a spot where eight starts to become a little bit of a, uh, you know, seven and a half versus eight starts to become a bigger number. So if you get off from three to nine and you clear eight, I don't think it's the worst logic in the world. Now, some of this is really about how much do you want to, um, how much do you really want to, you know, uh, uh, trust the team in these spots to be able to keep it close. You know, sometimes these three-point gains end up being blowouts. Um, it, it's really hard to figure out. Yeah, I would tell you this: if you don't think the three-point dog can win the game outright, then guess what? Don't put them in a teaser. Period. Uh, that's just generally what it is. And again, the pros will tell you it's traditional, what they call a Wong teaser. I don't know who Mr. Wong is. don't know why they call it Wong. But um, you need to clear two key numbers. It needs to be under three, going above seven, or above seven, getting under three. That's the traditional way to do it. But everything has changed so much. Look, I would also tell you this too. Wait till kickoff. If the Ravens go to six, I don't hate taking the Ravens down to a pick'em. Right? Just to win it outright. So if you wanted to take like the Saints down to two and a half and the Ravens to a pick'em, Go ahead and do it. Why don't you want to do it from five and a half? Theoretically, you're leaving a half point on the table, right? Getting him to plus a half means nothing. 
It doesn't help you. So you're, you're wasting the, the, the idea of moving the line by leaving a point that's dead that doesn't matter. So, again, I think the Giants, too, would be a decent teaser spot. Going from one and a half to seven and a half. The Raiders win. They're certainly not doing it by margin. They can't beat anybody by margin. So the Giants would be another team that I would look at. I, I think between the Saints, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Giants, I think somewhere in between there, and the Bills, somewhere in between there, there's a teaser option out there for you that you really can like. All right, Survivor. If you haven't used the Browns or you haven't used the Saints yet, probably the easiest way to go. Probably the best way to go. Um, Ravens, eh. Seahawks are a little bit sketchy. Um, as far as, you know, being that that easily beaten, I'm not sure I love that spot there, uh, especially after the, the Ravens, you know, um, coming off a blowout win of the Lions and then went out west against the Cardinals. It just kind of, you know, can they keep the train going? Um, would I argue the Falcons? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, honestly, the, other, well, the one team off the beaten path that I would go to is the Houston Texans. I don't think Tampa Bay is very good. I don't think they're going to be very good, and I don't think that they are a team that can beat Houston. Houston had its worst performance of the, the year last week. I think that they get right. I think the passing game gets right, uh, and they win this game at home. So uh, I, I think that's probably the one place I would go. If it's not the Saints or the Browns, I'd probably look to the Houston Texans for a survivor. I mean, you know, again, if you have um, – other teams out there that are still alive. And at this point, guys, honestly, it's just about surviving and advancing. You know, but there is a certain amount of mapping out that you need to do to figure out what bad teams. Uh, and you don't wait. Like the Texans aren't a team that say, oh, maybe three weeks down the road they're going to play, you know, uh, the Titans or the Colts or whatever. And, and No, you can't do that with bad teams. You can only do that with good teams. Because who knows how consistent Houston's going to be three weeks down the road. So you just can't, you can't ever save bad teams. All right, decision time. Here we go. Uh, our best bet of the week. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, getting three from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I have said this repeatedly several times throughout the year that I don't think the Eagles have actually hit their stride yet. They're not as peak as they were last year. Uh, this is a team right now uh, that I think outside of their, their two big wins, they had a blowout win over Tampa Bay, which you expect because it's Tampa Bay, and they had a big win over Miami, Right. Um, at home after they had lost to the Jets. But the rest of their season, they got pushed to the limit by the Commanders twice. They struggled with the Patriots in week one. Um, They only scored six second-half points against the Rams in a field goal game to end up winning that game by nine. And then they lose outright to the Jets. So this isn't a team really that has proven that they are all that good. I think the Cowboys are here ready to take advantage. I genuinely do. Um, You know, the Eagles had some injuries, banged up. Jalen Carter got hurt. Uh, last week, he should be back. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts hurt his knee, was finishing that game on a bum knee. Don't know if he's 100%. Uh, this is a spot here where the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, believe it or not, typically excel, especially when it comes to betting games against the numbers. So I'll give you one more here. Dak Prescott, 27-7 and straight up, 24-10 and against the number in division games. That includes 7-1 and straight up and against the spread during the first half of the season. So let's take the Cowboys here, plus three points for our best bet with a little sprinkle on the money line as well. All right, that'll do it for us here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 9290 Game, 9290Game.com, the Odyssey app. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Good luck with all your bets this NFL Sunday. Go cash some tickets. We'll be back next week. Enjoy week nine in the NFL. We'll see you later next time on Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.